Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's secret golf. It's what I'm looking for. Hi, it's the Secret Golf Podcast, and I'm Diane. I hope you're doing great. Thank you very much for finding us and listening along. We've actually launched a couple of new podcasts this week under the Secret Golf Network. So for one, well, the SG Tour gaming app is up and running for the Safeway Open on the PGA Tour this week. You're too late to get into the four ball, which is throughout the whole tournament, but we have daily games happening on the app so you can go and get involved. If you haven't done so already, it's the SG Tour in the App Store and then, yeah, follow along. All the instructions are there. But we actually did a podcast this week to talk you through every element of the app, how to create a game, how to invite your friends, how to pick your team, win some money. We give you a little bit of advice when it came to picking a team of four for the Safeway Open at Silverado in Napa. And that podcast is out now too. So it's on iTunes, Spotify, at secretgolf.com and all other podcast and app sites. Just go and find it. It's SG Tour and it's podcast one for the Safeway open very easy to find does exactly what it says on the tin and another one that we launched this week is um, a new idea that we had but it's Steve Elkington's son Sam so we're calling it a little elk and basically Sam's going to come on every week talk to his dad I mean he knows him better than anyone Uh, give an update on the PGA Tour and on college golf as well because Sam's on the golf team at the University of Houston so the first one which was kind of like a demo trial thing but it worked out really well That is in the App Store and on Spotify and everything as well. So all you have to do when you go to any of the podcast apps or sites is search for Secret Golf. Now, last week, we were very excited because within the team, we had a win and a top 10 finish. Bronson Burgoon, T6 at the Sanderson Farms Championship in Jackson, Mississippi. Fantastic to see because Bronson had his struggles last year, which he has talked about on previous podcasts. And fall season seems to be working out pretty well for him. The win came on PGA Tour Champions and it belonged to Rocco Mediate, his fourth win on PGA Tour Champions and the first win he's had in three years. So it's him that I'm going to be talking to on the podcast today. Really excited. Um, I was saying I'm a little bit starstruck only because when I grew up, kind of getting to know golf it was through my dad and it was that era where Rocco Media was like a big star I'm not saying he's not anymore but he was a big big name on the PGA Tour so I'm very happy that I get to talk to him for this and celebrate the win 
Hello. Hi, Rocco. It's Diane. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Congratulations. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, glad to be here. Glad. Love all the stuff everybody that that, that you guys do, secret and everything. It's it's awesome. Oh, good. Well, I mean, the the best part is the reason you're on the podcast is that you got your win last week, your fourth win on the PGA Tour Champions at the Sanford yeah, that was that was a nice surprise. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, pretty happy. It was it was cool. It was very fun. It's fun to feel that again, you know. So when you say it's a nice surprise, why did it come as a, a surprise to you? Well, it, it was. It, I, I mean, surprise might not be the, the way to do it. I, I did a lot of um, a lot of equipment changes about five and a half, six weeks ago, about six weeks ago. And um, I went back to the old, old way we used to build my golf clubs, heavy and very, very stiff. Irons, everything, driver, almost 80 gram shaft and a driver, like 78 grams. Okay. Very, very, very stiff. And, um, you know, the old adage was, well, you, you know, we're getting older, you can't swing. Well, it's it's not true. Um, just because you swing a neck shaft doesn't mean you have to swing fast. It, uh, the excess stability. And I went back to the old rifle shafts I used to use. In the, I played a precision product from 86 to 2009, so not very long. <laughs> <laughs> and um, they stopped making the rifle the way they used to make it. And then True Temper, who bought precision back, I don't know how long ago, started making it again. Okay. Um, and the, the, like the project X shaft, I didn't like, cause it was just too tight and constant weight. I'm, I'm a descending weight guy. So Mike Viviano, who's built all my clubs for the last zillion years, I, every set of golf clubs I won with basically he, he built, right. and we went back to the old recipe that, you know, I bought into the light and softer version of, of stuff and I lost and I struggled for years with controlling the spin of the golf ball. So a lot of stuff happened. That way, I, I play the Bridgestone BXS, which is the ball Tiger plays. It's the spinniest ball on any tour, period. Well, doesn't sound like very, very smart move on my part because of, you know, spin doesn't go as far, right? Especially for a guy who only swings 105, six mile an hour. Well, it does, though, and, and I can curve it. So that's all I needed to have. So with the club change and the shaft changes, then the ball change at the beginning of the year, with, with Bridgestone, it all started to happen four or five weeks ago. When all this new stuff got in, I started to see things I used to see. Right. And then all of a sudden, last week, it, it all came, you know, came together beautifully. And then putting the ball and all that stuff. So it all worked out. But the control of the distance came back. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was missing. How long and, you have know, you that's been? Our, that's our job. Yeah. With that. How long had you been using the lighter shafts for then? Like, how long did it take for you to kind of, that light bulb to well, go in your head almost? Like, I need to go back to heavier shafts. Well, you know, I, you know, I was heavy in the driver. You know, I, I tried a 60-gram shaft in the driver once again while we're older and you blah, 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 which is all crap. It, it, it's wrong. So when I talked to Biv, who, like I said, Michael, who, who, who's done all my stuff for all these years, he goes, so let me get, get this right. You're using heavy in the driver and soft and, and light in the irons. What the hell's wrong with you? And I'm like, yeah, I bought into the, uh, I said, all right, let's do this. He goes, well, rifle's back. And as soon as I heard that, I went, oh, my God. So I called Lego at True Temple. I said, is it true? He goes, it's true. I said, all right, send two sets to ping. And then I just tried the I-210. I'd never hit it before. I looked at uh, Ken Tanagawa's clubs, and I went, I like these heads. I'll have ping make me a set, just out of the blue. Yeah. So I called Brad at Miller at ping. I said, Make me a set of two tens, please. And here's the shafts are coming. And 
soon as I got them, um, I went right to the range and I started hitting balls with a three iron. I started right with a three. I didn't even hit anything else. And I looked up and I couldn't see, I didn't see the ball. The window changed. The window changed back to up, way up. Cause I used to hit it really high, which I like, um, especially with long clubs. And all of a sudden I'm like, well, we're done. It took one swing. I'm like, we're finished. Made sure to lie the lofts. Actually, then I took the lofts of the golf clubs and added at least two degrees to every one, which makes no sense either in this day and age, right? So all of a sudden, I mean, I mean, you're, you're, you're not going to talk to Elk about this because he's going to like have a conniption because he's going to laugh his butt off because he <laughs> knows this stuff about. <laughs> Yeah, he's going to like he's going to go well, no shit, right? But but um. So I took, and, and I'm looking around, and I, I, the, the first thing with, with the golf ball, for instance, the BXS, Bridgestone makes four different B tour balls, only four, because they don't need to make 50. And they, 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 uh, they, you know, they cover all the bases. But when I asked Bridgestone about it, I said, what ball does Tiger play? He plays the BXS. Well, what does it do? I'd never hit a Bridgestone ball. They asked me last November if I wanted to try him. I said, yeah, I'll try him. What the hell? So I said, what does Tiger play? He plays this. All right send those to me. He goes, well, we'll send those. We'll send the other ones. I said, that's fine, but I want to play the one he's playing. And they said, well, you know, and, and people are asking me, well, what do you want to do that for? I went, well, think about it for a second. Why would Tiger Woods, who still is the biggest draw in our game, and in my opinion, the best player that ever played, mm-hmm. play this golf ball? It ain't for the money, because he can go to any company he wants and go, I want this, and they'll go, okay. So it's not for the money. Something's going on with the golf ball. Yeah. Well, I come to find that it's a spinner. She spins. Okay, now, if I was a long hitter like Tiger or, or, or anybody else, for instance, if, 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 I, if I carried the ball 300 yards, I would go to the spinniest golf ball on the face of the earth because mm-hmm. now I can control my distance. Okay? So what I was finding with my iron shots is all the mistakes I made over the last four or five years were long, not because of, of misjudging, because I couldn't control the spin. Uh-huh. Couldn't do it. Golf ball wouldn't spin enough. Shafts wouldn't let it spin enough. The ball would hang to the right. I'm a drawer. If my ball doesn't go to the left, I'm a dead man. Okay. It's not going to work. And I'm not changing my, st- my shot shape because of equipment. Mm-hmm. I- I'm-, I'm totally dead then. Yeah. We all know that story. So then I go, to, uh, uh, now I find out, well, if he's playing it, I want to play it. I don't care if I lose distance. I want to control the distance that I have. I never hit it far, so I don't really care. I was never a distance junkie guy because I could never hit it far anyway. So then I took the irons and I, you know, I went to a 39, 39 and a half degree eight iron, which is really weak in today's age, really weak. Well, all of a sudden I find, I'm finding I'm covering my numbers and, and my, for my whole career, my nine iron was 130, 133 yard golf club, period. Less than, you know, depending on conditions, obviously. Well, my eight iron was 140, 140, you know, 10 yard increments. Yeah. Nine iron, it was seven iron was one fifty, one fifty two, three, whatever. Well, why do I want to hit it any further? I did it for twenty seven years in the PGA Tour. I did just fine, <laughs> yes. right? So now I'm 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 out there with with these clubs, and I you know I put I track manned them, and I made sure that this and the numbers were right on the nuts. Mm-hmm. They were perfect with high spin numbers. See, I was spinning eight irons at sixty eight hundred RPMs. That's it's not spinning any. Now it's at 8,000, 8,200. I'll take it. Uh-huh. Like, I'll stop it on a car hood. <laughs> so all of a sudden, things started to happen. And everyone says, well, how did you, what happened? Bike change equipment, period. Yeah, do we swing good every week? No. But I wasn't swinging that bad for all these years. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't control the distance. 
and the spin. And I and and for what I learned with the driver too, which people get a kick out of this. You know, we're shut, we're we're told 21, 22, 2300 RPMs with the driver. Well, that's great if you hit flat cuts, flat sliders. It's bad if you hit high if you want to hit high hooks. You can't do it. Yeah, exactly. The ball either goes to the right or goes to the ground to the left. So now all of a sudden I got I, I had Ping build me a 410 plus. Never hit it before because I just build it really stiff, heavy, heavy Atmos black 70x stupid stiff heavy shaft. Um, now I can I'll spin my driver at 26 to 2800 RPMs. Wow. No one will fit you for that. Yeah. Too much spin. Really? Watch big high draws. Gosh. So if I can hook curve the ball to the left like I want, that's distance to me. Mm-hmm. You see, so all this stuff, and then the, and then I'll go into the short stuff in a minute. But all this stuff started to happen the first week out in Seattle. I went, uh oh, I got control of my, my my golf ball here. Balls balls ended up pin high all day. That is amazing. Well, I'm gonna, well anybody that I, I'll say I'll hurt you at pin high. So will anybody else. If if your ball's even if it's forty feet offline, if it's pin high, I'm gonna I can hurt you. But if it's too far, it's dead. Because, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in, 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 our, in our sport, past things are bad. Yeah. <laughs> unless, you know, unless something's weird going on. But most of the time, when you're past something, you don't want to be past, you've got problems. And that's where I lived for the last four or five years. But not anymore. And that's where the change came in. And that's why last week happened. And then the putting. And then yeah, the well, pitching. I was going to say, I, yeah. Putting. You, you yeah, said you know, putting but, was the difference. But, but to putt great, you got to have the ball in the right position. Well, you know what I mean? It. Yeah. It's like people overlook that. I mean, yeah, I made, I made, I putted beautifully last week, and the last, and the couple of weeks before that, you know, the, the months before that, pretty good. You know, if, you know, for, for that matter, and um, it was because the ball was in the right place mm-hmm. most of the time. You know, of course, you make mistakes, but most of the time, my good shots ended up where they're supposed to end up. Mm-hmm. There were no surprises. And, well, um, when you uh, put together I, a final round 64, you're right. It's not just yeah. one element of your game that's working. You, you, everything's coming together. And then to, to win. The yeah, it, it's control of spin. But, you know, the fairways at, at Minnehaha were like there were none. Yeah. <laughs> they, they were so narrow and so firm that if you – I hit some of my best – I'd say the whole field can say that some of our best tee shots were in the, went in the rough <clears throat> because it just kept going. Um which I like that situation, and I, and I and I played good from the rough. But my pitching, the, you know, the short game last week was—it's been ridiculous, and that's what helped me too. Obviously, it has to when you win something. Yeah. It has to. I, I think I, I looked at it. I, I saw something on TV. I was twelve or thirteen when I missed screens. Mm-hmm. That's going to do some damage. Yeah, and I was looking um, at the stats. You were yeah. first in scrambling, and for rounds two yeah. and three, it was a hundred percent. Yeah, you, you almost have to be, but I hit a lot of greens that week. From you know, I hit, I hit a bunch of greens, so I had both things going for me. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens when you win something. Um, and and it, it just I designed this putter with with Artisan Golf, who Artisan's out of Fort Worth, Mike Taylor, John Hatfield, um, and Mike builds all my wedges. Well, Mike built all Tiger stuff. He still does. Yeah. So I find this out last year. All this stuff came like it, it just came together. And when I sent Michael all my old wedges down at Artisan, he built, you know, I use a 56, a 52, and a 48-degree 48 48 pitching wedge and a mid-wedge and a, and a you know, true 452, 256, and a true 48. Um, and that changed my world, too, because now I have, in my opinion, the best 
wedges in the bag that I can have in the bag for me. They're perfectly built for me. Perfect. Bottoms are perfect. It's, it's ridiculous. I was already pretty good around the greens. This made me ridiculous um, because I, I, I can try, I trust them more. It's a peace of mind. Mm-hmm. And then the putter, the, the putter I use is an artisan putter too. And I designed it off my old long putter base, made it smaller, wider. And, and I asked John, I said, can we build a putter? Because that's what we do, son. What do you want? And, you know, a month and a half ago, it was on a, it was on CAD. It was on a computer screen. Now it's in the bag, and it's it's. I better like it. I designed it basically, that is unreal. and and they and they built it, and it's just stunning. So I I have those matter to me. I, I care about the old school way things were done, and artisan is 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 they're the only ones left. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you changed so all you, of it came. Yeah, you changed so the golf everything. Ball to everything came to a head. Mm-hmm. How good, I mean, it's so good mentally as well, as you say, to go out on the range and to hit one shot with your three iron and to know right away that you've got it. You're happy with the ball, you designed the putter. I mean, mentally, to know that you could not be happier with the equipment, that's huge. It's huge because I've been fighting it. Even my wife who, you know, she, she doesn't, she plays, she hits a ball or two here or there, and, and, but she doesn't, you know, doesn't know the sport like we obviously, we know it. Mm-hmm. And she kept going, what are you doing? Because I'm trying to find what's wrong. Well, you seem to be trying something new every day. I am. Because I can't find it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and I was driving me and everybody else completely off the map. Crazy. Yeah, because course. I'm like something, you know, am I blaming it all on equipment? Well, 98% of it, yes. I, I have been. Because it, that was a fact. Because I knew I was swinging the club okay. I just couldn't control what I was up to. And there was no reason for it except for what I had in my bag. Mm-hmm. shaft wise ball wise and that went away and then all of a sudden i was right thank christ i was right because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. if i wasn't because i'll always blame it on whatever it is if it's my golf swing i'll fix it or i'll try to if it's something bad i'll, I'll I, i'm not a blamer on things unless it's that fault mm-hmm. you know i'm not a caddy blamer if i hit the wrong club i ch- i choose it i get to make the call here That's you. If, if, if if you know i read all my own putts now so it's it's, it's no I'm not a blamer in, in that way, but I knew something was wrong. Uh-huh. And I knew it really wasn't a physical thing. Um, and, you know, I, I, I started working some with facts at, uh, after our, during our U.S. Open, small little thing. And, you know, wh- you know, one thing Bradley said to me was, he goes, dude, we don't have to fix the stroke. The stroke's really nice. We've got to figure out why your balls aren't going in a hole. Yeah. And it was just thinking, looking around a little different, changing the pre-shot routine. Little stuff like that made a difference. Huge difference. Um, so all those things, as people were looking at me like, you're out of your head. Well, yeah, we all are that play this game for life. Completely crazy. Mm-hmm. Every one of us. <laughs> and, <laughs> I would attest to that. And, um, and yeah, I mean, and, and that's how it has to be. And, I, you know, is it going to be like this every, every tournament, every round? Well, of course not. No. But now I have a chance to do good things because I don't have to blame it on anything but me. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. If I had well, it sideways all day, that's because I did, not because did my equipment it. did. My it's equipment's right on where it needs to be. Yeah. What is your What's your putting thought? What's your thought on the greens right now then, especially final round when you did shoot that 64 last week? Just the same thing. You know, I, I, I trusted the reads. Um, and, and the last day I happened to read everything and hit it where I was looking pretty much every time I hit a putt. I missed a couple birdie putts, but of course, you, I mean, that's going to happen. But I made a couple par putts that, save the day early yeah those are the big ones those are the big ones you know i, I hit it in a on the first hole of the tournament i hit it just i hit a five run off the tee because it's a downhill 
you know, sit as hard as a rock. I had a pretty good tee shot just on the left side. I was trying to hit to the left because the pin was back right. And it kicked a hair left into the first cut. No big deal. But it was in a divot to where I couldn't put the ball on the green. Couldn't do it. So I kind of hit it out to the right, pin high to the right in the rough, pitched it up four feet, made it. I mean, those things, you know, a, a good pitch. You know, it was a really good pitch, but it was only, it was still four feet from the hole. Those things, it started the day off like that. I'm like, all right. And then I made a good par in the third hole, made about a 10-footer for par in the third hole. After another good pitch, I couldn't get it closer than 10 feet. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, now I'm, I'm, I'm cooking. And, and, and then just kept playing good, got it up and down one. And then I started to hit it good. From six in, I didn't miss much. Yeah. I didn't miss the middle of the face very often. So it was a little easier there uh, coming in. But um, the first four, five, six, four, first four holes set the day up. If I miss those two putts, game's over. Well, exactly. Yeah, um, but how, um, are you, how are you feeling on 17 T? Because you did go on to birdie 17 and 18, but you know you you won by two. So how are you feeling standing on the 17th? Well, I just it was an eight iron. It was see that's the beauty. It was you know it was downwind. You know it was a seven iron shot if there's no wind. But now I know that I can I can't really hit an eight iron past the flag. Ended up hitting it about a foot past the flag, pin high left, which was fine because it's just the greens were bricks. Great. Um, so I, I felt fine. I hit it in the middle of the face, went drew it a little to the left, a little too much, but I just had a downhill, you know, slightly left to right putt and it was fast. So all I had to do was get it moving and I caught the right break. I caught the right line again with the putt and it went right in the middle. Um, <clears throat> and the same thing on 18, but 18 was, was a cool thing because that really showed about the build of these golf clubs. So I had, I hit a good, really pretty tee shot, best tee shot all day. It, it was into a left to right wind on a right to left hole. I hate that wind because as a drawer, I'll either, most of the time I'll either hang it or I'll hook it too much trying to keep it from going to the right. Well, this one, I just said, you know what? Just trust it. Enough of this crap. Just hit it down the right center. And it doesn't draw. It doesn't draw. What well, drew perfect, right? It's right down the middle. But the second shot was where, um, was interesting because I had 127 yards to the hole and it was slightly into a right to left wind. There's, uh, yeah, kind of right to left wind, and it was hurting. It was almost straight in. But um, I had a pitching wedge out because my pitching wedge number is about 125 max. Like a little bit of hurt and blood, you know, it's a lot, you know, there's adrenaline going. But I, I put the pitching wedge back and I said to Martin, I said, I can just take this nine and just hold it off into that fly. He goes, Yeah, you make, make, make the nine arm work. Yeah. Well, with the old equipment and the old ball, it's, it's flying over the green no matter what I do, or it's coming up short. And you couldn't come up short there or go long because the pin's in the place where you're going to make five. So I just trusted this nine iron, and it flew exactly 127, but it landed about six inches left of the hole. And then the first bounce, it literally stopped dead. That's the power of that BXS ball. I was going to say, like, the ball is really yeah. shining through. <laughs> yeah, and then, but see, the thing, the cool thing was, Jay Haas, he's walking up, and he goes, I can't believe you just hit a nine iron from there. Really? I go, what do you mean? He goes, no no one goes in there soft under the gun. I said, well, I had no choice. But I didn't know, you know, that was the first shot that I had to hit that really, really mattered with the new golf clubs. Because if I figured if I make birdie, I got a shot. Uh, Of course. You know, it winning. You know, if I can post nine, you know, whether I win or lose, it doesn't matter. I I just had to, I had to give myself a shot at it. And, And if I missed that shot a little bit, it's over the green or short, and I'm making five or four at the best. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, it, 
because I watched it on TV a couple of times. I wanted to see where it landed. And it landed literally, I remember fixing the ball mark. It was literally dead pin high. And it stopped on the first. It didn't. It actually came back a, a foot or so after it hit with a nine iron, soft nine. That's that ball in the loft on the nine. It's 44 degree nine iron. So it's almost like a pitching wedge shot, but it was yeah, a nine iron. And, and all of a sudden, it stopped just like it was supposed to. So I, nice learned, I learned a lot under the gun about this equipment. So I, <laughs> well, now yeah. I, have no, I have no second guessing. Yeah, if I hit the, the shot I, I want, it, it, it'll go the distance, hopefully. Okay. <laughs> and then you had to play the waiting game, though, because you had to wait to see what, uh, well, especially Ken Duke, he played 18. You're in the clubhouse watching at that point. He went on to double 18 and, and you yeah. win by two. But how are you feeling? Because it sounds like you were just in the zone, the the foot was down. You were playing good golf. As I've said a few times now, you posted that 64, which you said afterwards you couldn't really believe that that happened. You were like, yeah, I didn't realize it was six under. I didn't even know. But no, what what, what happened with Kenny was just basically bad luck. There was no like choke in it. There was no like, oh my, he made a beautiful swing off 18. And it just, it just kicked a tee because he's a cutter. See, he, he, you know, his ball is a slightly left to right, right motion. And it's beautiful. I mean, obviously he was playing great. But um, I figured when I was on the tee, on practice tee, that I was either going to, I was probably going to lose outright. I, I felt like he was going to birdie 17 and par 18. Because, you know, 17, everybody was at 8-iron. It was an 8-iron shot. You know, and, and he had a beautiful shot and a beautiful putt on 17. It just didn't go in. But 18, you know, once he got there tied, that was an issue. Because if, if you make one mistake on either shot, you're making five. Mm-hmm. It's just going to, it's just the way it is with that pin. And, but his ball got, and I guess, in a terrible place both times. He was dead both times. And the first one was pretty much undeserved. You know, just that's the way it is out there. Many odds, there's no fairways. Ball, they're, you know, they're bricks. And, like, he, his tee shot looked beautiful because I watched the end of the telecast. It looked like it was right down the right center, but it kicked right, and he was mm-hmm. toast. He had no chance to that pin. Uh, he had a chance to make four, if he, but it just it, it was nasty. He just kind of got – I mean, you could say it was a bad break for sure, but it certainly wasn't a nerve drive. It was a gorgeous tee shot. So I, if I was Kenny, I'd be looking at that going, I hit the best tee shot I could. I just kind of got a little unlocked. And that's what happens. And then he was dead. I mean, he had no chance from that pitch, from that rough. Nobody did, really. Mm-hmm. But I, it was fortunate there. I figured I'd, I'd lose outright or at the best I'd get in the playoff. But, okay. you know, those things happen. Yeah. But nope, the win was yours. I want to talk about your hat because I know a lot of people were asking yeah. about this. Um, it's your lucky hat from your wee girl, Francesca, who's four. Yes, uh, we did that a few year, well, a few years ago, a few weeks ago. We did a black, we did the, a white one first, and I wore the white one on. I usually wear black on Sundays, but on, on I wore the white one on Sundays. The last three weeks I played, and I shot under par every week. Yeah. You know, I shot a few under here, a few under. I played good on Sundays with the hat. Now, I just did that because I like, and she did it. And if I happened to get on TV, which I never really did those those first three weeks, it'd be cool for people to see it because well, so, so I, I love I love doing stuff. Seen like it. That. I mean, she wrote her name on it. Love. She yeah, I, flowers all yeah, over yeah, it. Yeah, and... I I, I kind of put "Made by Francesca" on it because she <laughs> she she wrote "Love" on it, made a heart, and then oh. and then we put the stickers on. I had to glue them on because they wouldn't stay on. I know. So she she did most of the lines and stuff, but I put her name because otherwise you, you you wouldn't be able to read it yet. But um. But then Sunday, I wore the black because I wanted her to make me a black hat because I wore black and I needed mm-hmm. to have two hats. So we did that. And um, who knew, who knew that, that this was going to happen? But it was pretty cool to, to see 
And she was very happy. She's like, oh, my God, how'd they know my name? Oh, said, well, well they, so just, they, 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 they just know your name. Basically, Dad talks about you every second of every day. Oh, that's but, um, so nice. So, yeah, she, she, she did most of the design and, and paint. The white one's paint. The, the, the black one was uh, uh, sh- uh, Sharpie. Okay. Uh, Sharpie paint, but 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 she definitely did most, and it, it's pretty fun. I have them with me, and I'll wear them on the weekend too. I don't wear them except for Friday, except for Sundays. Okay, <clears throat> that's just the rule. Nice little tradition, and and hey, I mean, yeah, it's one it's you've got fun. to keep going now. <laughs> oh yeah, I have to do it now. Yeah, but it's fun. I mean, I, I, I I've always been a a sticker draw stuff on my bag person anyway, so this fits oh, perfect cool. for me. <laughs> So that was your first win on the PGA Tour Champions in three years. The last one coming in 2016 yeah. at the uh-huh. Senior PGA Championship. Mm-hmm. So what, yeah, you know, obviously, we've talked about the equipment so much, but from after the Senior PGA Championship, like in those three years, what, what was the kind of difference after that win, I guess, to take three years for you to get the next one? Yeah, it's it's hard to say. Um, um, the alcohol thing, I'm sure you know about. Yeah. Um, I stopped that. It'll be two years in October, October 23rd. So it's coming up on two years, which is really cool. But, you know, I I had a problem with it. I liked it too much. (laughs) I I wasn't addicted to it. It was a habit, which is, which is very fortunate in my, in my aspect. When you're addicted to it, it's, it's very difficult road. Uh, But habitual stuff is basically just that it's a habit. So uh, I, I took it on. Like if I have a bad habit in my golf swing, I get rid of it. Or at least I try to get rid of it. Mm -hmm. Um, all of us do. Uh, so alcohol, for, for thank God, was a habit. It started with pain. It started with back pain. And then the back pain went away, but I still enjoyed the feeling of the alcohol. And I was a morning guy because I hurt in the mornings. And the alcohol took that hurt away. Um, and then when the hurt went away because I got better, I still liked that feeling. And so I still kept doing it, knowing full well it was going to be an issue. Mm, yeah. I always tell people I'm not, I'm, 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 I'm dumb, but I'm not stupid. Yeah, exactly. So I knew it was going to be, but you know, it took me a while. I liked it. It was fun and you know, blah, 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 social, all that other stuff that we do. And, you know, I made the decision and I did it. And, um, I'd say 90% of the problems I had after the PJ was that issue. Right. It kept me from playing good. I was always tired. I was heavy. I was, you know, I've lost, 50 pounds since the PGA, mm-hmm. uh, maybe more. Um, uh, uh, so it, it was, it was, it, that was causing all the issues. Uh, once again, I, I'm, I'm not a blamer, but that was definitely not helping. Let me just let me put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't helping anything in my whole life and not just golf. And golf was the most unimportant part of it. It, it was going to hurt everything. Yeah. I didn't want my daughter growing up with an alcoholic father. She didn't deserve that. Well, yeah, at that point, um, she would have been, what, one years old? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, she was, you know, when I stopped, she was, what, two, I guess, right? Yeah, it'd be two years, so two and a half. So there wasn't bad stuff going on, like, you know, but it was in there. You know, I wasn't present when I was home. I wasn't this, you know. So it was definitely, it was definitely not a good thing. So mm-hmm. um, that, that was, like I said, 90% of the issue. And then I, I got that situated. And then it took a little while to get used to the body. Um, all the weight being gone, you know, the club moves faster. I, I don't get tired. I can practice more. I want to practice more. Um, you know, before with the alcohol, after I was done, I was done. I was too tired to do anything else. So I, I just didn't. And, you know, if you do that out here anywhere in any professional sport, you're done. You're going to lose because everybody's so damn good. You got to keep on it. So it had me, it had me for a while. 
but um, um, you know, thank goodness I was able to. I was like I said, very fortunate to, to get rid of it, and um, I have no desires for it. I have no. I don't miss it. Um, I don't think about it. Um, when someone brings it up, I'm like, yeah, it's coming up on two years. And, you know, I do know the date. Um, well, it's uh, a huge there, milestone in your life. It's, oh, it's huge. And I quit. I quit chewing tobacco last year too. Okay. Which was another hard. Now that that wasn't really hurting me, but it was going to hurt me, you know, because it's just a matter of time. But um, um, uh, that was harder, to tell you the truth. Really? N- you know, nicotine's. I, I still have my cigars, of course, but I can't, if, like I said, if I quit everything, I, I'd be perfect. We, we don't want to be perfect. No, we can't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding, but obviously, you know what I mean. So it, it just works. It, it, it just works that way. You know, talking about losing the weight and getting used to your body, do you have like a workout routine? Have you had to change that? Um, no, I, I just do. I've always been a Pilates person. I just do some stuff, but I do mostly I do push-ups, abdominal work, and climber mm-hmm. and stretch. I don't have a, a routine. I'll do a little more this winter, I'd say, um, but I don't have a, 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 a routine, we'll say. I just do stuff at night, you know, half hour maybe. I just use the use my own body weight to do stuff with, and um, it seems to work pretty good. I don't have a lot of pains. I'm not, you know, the club's moving nicely, and I'm able to do it pretty much every day. You have your moments, you know, with a back surgery twenty some years ago. Well, there's that. Too. Um, it'll always creep up, but I monitor that, and if it happens, I I, I get it fixed, and we go from there. But um, otherwise, yeah, it, it, I haven't really had many issues like like that. Um, I did but just um, normal normal stuff, nothing yeah. fancy. I did Pilates actually for the first time last week, and I yeah, can't believe it, that it, it makes you feel foolish, it doesn't it? This, yeah, but it really does. And I did yoga and Pilates for the first time last week, and I was like, oh my gosh, I thought I was pretty good at like working out and being in no, the gym. It, I felt yeah, like it, a complete it, novice. It's yeah, I mean, yeah, weird. Joe Pilates was an absolute genius in his day back when he started this stuff, and he built it all for rehab patients. And that's where the Cadillac came from and the reformers because people couldn't get up and move. Mm-hmm. So they had to figure out a way, how do I get these people to get stronger when they can't do anything? Yes. So you're learning to use muscles that you've never even knew were there. Yeah, like the tiniest and little when muscles. You have an, and you feel, like a, you, I mean, you feel like a complete fool, don't you? It's unbelievable. You're like, what the hell? I can't even move my leg. What's going on here? Mm-hmm. But once you get the strength, it's unbelievable what it does for you. It's unbelievable. And the stretching too, especially in golf, because that was one of the first yeah. things. Um, my brother Russell, he does Pilates a lot, and he said, for me, it's like just the stretching. You have no idea how much better it makes you feel when you go out and swing the club the next day. Yeah, yeah. Pilates is lengthening and strengthening. Um, I think my wife and I are going to do some yoga this winter. I've never done it, um, um, but I, I, which obviously it can't hurt. But Pilates is kind of the best of both worlds. It seems. I'm not, like I said, I can't judge that yoga yet because I've not done it, but. Um, I, I know that Pilates did both, and it, it really helped. And I do little floor work with it. I don't do any of the machines right now. I just, I just don't have the. I don't put, I, I, uh, when I get home, I don't have the time as much as I want yeah. to. I used to have all that stuff in my house, but I don't anymore. But um, um, it's all good. But um, there's there's no secrets in our sport. We're not trying to be muscle fitness guys. We're just trying to be strong enough in the places you're being strong enough to to keep moving the club the way you move the club. And, yeah. Um, uh, that, that's just the best thing to do, I, I, I think. But mm-hmm. overdoing it is, is just as bad as underdoing it. Well, this week on the PGA Tour, it's the Safeway Open in Napa. And yeah. it's a tournament you won before. It was the Fries.com Open then, and it was on a, a different course. But I saw a reel yeah. that the PGA Tour put online, and it yeah, was the 10 that? best shots from the tournament. And you're number one. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's pretty crazy stuff. All, all that that week was. It's like it's like one of those things that that you're. It's predestined, basically. You're like I made a hole in one the first day, and then I hold three more shots out the next three days. Yeah. And one of them was on the seventy first hole. I mean, it just doesn't happen. I loved um, it. Just, that the, it just doesn't happen. The announcer actually said she were on the seventeenth and on the final round, and the announcer was like, "Oh, maybe he just needs to hold this one." And you did. Yeah. <laughs> cool it, moment. Yeah, it was. It was. It was absolutely crazy. And then the funny thing about that week was I still had to make a five-footer in the last hole to win the golf tournament. Yes. That's how hard. I mean, the pressure it, it, was, it was ridiculous that whole week. And, and just to, to, I made four eagles, one a day, and still had to and play pretty good otherwise. I had, I had a nine-hole stretch. I didn't play good on Sunday, actually. Um, on that, but uh, I'll never forget it because it was, it was like uh, – both the guys I'm playing with are two shots behind going uh, going to the last hole. I hit it about 40 feet away. They, one uh, Bo Van Pelt hit it about 50 feet, made it for birdie. Um, Alex Prue hit it about 10 feet behind the hole, made it for birdie. I've hit my first putt from 40 feet about five feet by. So now if I miss, it's a playoff. Yeah. It's like you're like you're going down two shots. You're like, all right, I got this. If I drive good, I think I can win. I got it. I drove okay. I drove in the first cut perfect. And no. I still had to make the five footer. It's unbelievable uh, how hard it is to 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 to, to win something on any sport. It's just so hard, really and is. there has to be some luck involved, obviously. Um, you're at Pebble but Beach. I'll, I'll this never week. forget that week. I'll so, never forget that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're at Pebble now. Um, and that winning the Safeway Open that was in 2010. That was your sixth win on the PGA Tour, and the first one being mm-hmm. in 1991. So, I right. mean, there's a tremendous span, and you're still winning in 2019. Yeah, I I can't even believe I I I know I've been doing this. I played twenty twenty seven years on the on the PGA Tour, and then this is my seventh out here. I can't even believe that I've done it that long. I've never had a job. This has been my own job. Yeah, awesome. Everyone talks about two thousand and eight, of course, uh, the U.S. Open, yes. at Tory Pines, and the playoff with Tiger, and you played ninety one holes. It was an epic battle. But do you do you enjoy reliving that? Do you like talking about it? Oh still? yeah. Yeah, that was as much fun as you can have. I just didn't get the trophy. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, playing with him in our National Open in front of the world where you can't hide, you really get to see what you got. I mean, there's no way to get it. You know what I mean? Every shot, there's no, like, there's no hiding. You can't hide. Um, so it was as much fun as, as uh, it was so much fun playing him. He's, he's still my favorite guy to watch still. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I had him, I had him a lot of times and it was fun being there. And, and you know, I just, I, I hiccuped in the playoff, the first playoff hole and that was the end of the game. Mm-hmm. I hit it in the left bunker, done. Um, uh, it was just that quick. Cause I wish we were still playing. It was so much fun. <laughs> That's awesome. And then you're back at Pebble beach this week. It's the first tee open on the PGA tour champions, always a special place to go back to. And you must have a whole span of memories from Pebble. Yeah, Pebble's been. I, I contended here a few times in the '90s and in two, early 2000s. It was a lot of fun. It's always fun to be. But with the kids this week, that's the most fun part. Yeah. Um, all the juniors that qualify around the country, and like 80 of them come here. 78 or 80 of them come here, and they play with us for three days. Hopefully, at least two days. But um, it's just fun because you just see the love of the game. It's just fun, and 
And a lot of us have the same still, I still have the same passion for it, which is kind of fun to be because I'm still a kid anyway. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm just an older kid, basically. <laughs> I was going to um, say, seeing them, that must, and you're seeing them this week after winning last week. I mean, what a fantastic time, but it must yeah, be really it's, it's, inspirational and motivational to see the kids and just how much it means to them too. Yeah, it, it is. And they're, they're so into it. And I've had, I've played with, and most of the kids we play with, we're still friends. You know, we still talk here and there. And, nice. um, Cameron, who I played with a few years back, was at, came to Minneapolis a few um, a few weeks ago and, and hung out with the girls, um, with, with my wife and little one. And so, you know, it's just still friends. Have you got your family there this week? No, they're home. They're at home. Thanks, Jesse. You know, they're home. They're, they're at school, and then we just got a new dog, a new oh. little, little lab. And so we got to, you know. Wait, yeah, do, so, you, do you get to go home after this week? Yeah, I'll go home on Monday and then home for a week, then to carry. Okay, good. So we're busy the next, in, in a good way, we're busy the next three weeks. Amazing. I mean, next month. Okay, good. That's good. Right, well, thank you so much, because I know, obviously, tournament gets underway tomorrow, so you'll have to get some work in at Pebble today. But, Rocco, thank yeah. you so much. It's been great to you talk to it. you. So good to have you on you the podcast. It. So happy for last week, yeah. and long may thank this all you. continue. And anytime, anytime, guys, anytime. Excellent. Thank you. Right, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks. All right, bye-bye. So Rocco Mediate on the Secret Golf Podcast. He's part of the team and so happy for him and the win on PGA Tour Champions last week. Amazing to hear about equipment. I geek out over that. It's one of my favourite things, especially, you know, a guy like Rocco who's been playing on tour for such a long time and had, what, six wins on the PGA Tour, four wins now on PGA Tour Champions. But to change equipment and to see that difference in five and a half weeks... Unbelievable. And the reasons why he changed, stiffer shafts, trying to get more spin with the ball, more control over his distance. So interesting. So thank you very much to Rocco. Now, this week, as we were talking about, it's the Safeway Open in Napa. We have nine of our secret golfers in the field. And as I'm recording this, Pat Perez, three under through 15. So hot start for him. Russell Knox, my wee bro, is in Scotland, his homeland, for the Alfred Dunhill Lynx Championship. And round one was on the old course in St. Andrews. They play over the old course, Carnoustie and Kings Barn. And Russell shot 6 under 66, so really good start for him too. We'll be following along with all of our secret golfers on our social media over the next couple of days, so check that out. Next week on the podcast, I don't usually like to talk about what's coming up too much, but because it's off to Vegas for the PGA Tour, we're going to be talking old school Vegas with Fuzzy Zeller. I cannot wait to hear stories from the 80s. (laughs) The 80s, early 90s in Vegas, there's going to be a lot to talk about so that's coming out next week thank you for listening and for subscribing on itunes on spotify or any other podcast apps or websites and i'll be back next week sports social podcast network